Welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Dickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. I'd like to apologize for releasing the episode a little bit late this week. We had some technical difficulties. Hopefully they will be resolved before Saturday and there won't be any further delays. Please stay tuned after the show for the Messy Bulletin Board, a segment where we promote our fellow creators. On today's show, we have an interview that Rebecca conducted with Janice Mason-Steves while visiting New Mexico. They discuss Janice's art, career, and her journey as an artist. Without further ado, here's Rebecca Kroll. Welcome to the Messy Studio, New Mexico edition. I'm here with my friend, my dear friend, Janice Mason-Steves from Ontario, Canada. Um, Jan has been visiting here, and we've um, been roaming around the beautiful New Mexico countryside and um, also doing some planning for a workshop that we're teaching in Spain this fall. So um, I, Jan and I have known each other, I think, since like 2010 or something. Yeah. Hi, Jan, by the way. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we've had some wonderful adventures of travel and um uh, residencies, artist residencies together, so and many conversations about art and life. So we're continuing that today. And um, Jen, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your background and how you started in painting and so forth? So at um, university, I studied psychology and did a master's degree in psychology. And uh, then I, it, in my spare time, um, after I was married, I went to uh, night school in London, Ontario, to take uh, ceramics, and I did... Oh, you started in ceramics? I did. Oh. I did pottery for probably 10 or 12 years. Why do I not know this about you? <laughs> I don't know. I guess it was, it's buried in your art past. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And then uh, a friend of mine said, why don't we take a watercolor class? And... Um, at night school, and uh, I did, and I honestly just turned the page on ceramics and uh-huh. did not do it anymore. And ended up, I'd had a kiln and a wheel, and I used to, I mean, it was working hard at ceramics. And I went to night school, and I did a watercolor workshop, and um, I decided I'd paint every single day that summer and um, see what I could do. So I painted from National Geographic magazines and postcards and. And um, I just, I did it every day, working on the kitchen table while my kids were outside playing and half an hour, an hour every day. Uh And of course I improved, right? I didn't, I thought, I'll give myself the summer and see if I improve. And if I don't, then I'll give this up and go back to ceramics. So I, um, of course you improve if you're going to work at it like that. That is a a good point. It's a big part of any art practice is practice. Exactly. So I, then I, that was it. I did improve. I had a whole, uh, you know, a whole ream of uh, paintings by the end of the summer and um, went back and just carried on. Ended up um, doing watercolor and I moved into uh, oil painting. And uh, I ended up, because um, I was working in psychology, I ended up uh, deciding, because I did not consider myself an artist, I considered myself just a just working at just playing at it and yeah. doing it part-time right so I was working in psychology in the school board and um, decided I would decided I would um, uh, go to study art therapy 
and um, in, took a leave of absence from my job and enrolled in art therapy. And uh, just as my leave of absence was starting, and um, just the summer before I was to start to, to art therapy school, I... Um, I heard from them, and they changed the program. They wanted to become uh-huh. approved by the American Art Therapy Association, and so it made it like impossible for me to go into art therapy. But I ended up instead doing um, uh, my own work. I took the leave of absence. I had St- just still the watercolor. Then yeah, I had just been painting for two years, probably by then or three years, <laughs> and I decided to um, take the leave of absence and work on my own work. So that's how it all began. Yeah. Was just, I'm, I'm thankful now that the art therapy didn't work out. <laughs> I was <laughs> mad as anything when yeah. I, when I. Um, you never know, do you? No, you know, no. It just took me down a whole different path. So in uh, what point did you turn away from watercolor? And, and I'm, I didn't mention, but you do uh, cold wax and oil now. Yeah. Oil painting for a number of years. Was there, were you oil painting before that or acrylic or, or you did encaustic, right? I did. So I was painting first of all in watercolor and then I tried acrylic for a year or so. And then I, but I really didn't like how fast it dried and how, mm. same as watercolor. And, and I decided I didn't want uh, watercolor because I didn't want it behind glass. I wanted to just have it exposed, right. kind of the face of it. So I moved into oil and, um, then I, when I was then I went to art school in in my forties, my my mid forties, early forties, mm-hmm. and um, and um, finished uh, art school. So that must have been a real turning point when you dedicated yourself to going to art school. Like this is serious now. I'm it was gonna, serious. Yes, I'm spending money. Serious. I'm getting real, you know, instruction. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was an excellent program. It was the Ontario College of Art and Design in Toronto. And um, and it was an excellent program. And I, um, yeah, it took. I started off being part time, and I ended up going full time. And um, and I worked started to work then in encaustic. Mm-hmm. So I I guess it was because one of the teachers thought that my very textured, physically textured pieces would mm-hmm. uh, translate into encaustic. Right. So I started to do encaustic, and I did that for about. Ten years, probably. Yeah. And then I moved away from that into oil, just into oil. Straight oil, It was yeah. just like, it was less of a problem. I remember shipping my paintings one time, my encaustic paintings one time, out to a gallery in Vancouver, in mm-hmm. Whistler, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, I think, 30 degrees Celsius outside. I don't know how that translates. <laughs> it was hot, and I was going in a truck across the prairies of Canada, and uh, I was extremely worried that it would just be a puddle at the bottom yeah. of the truck. There is a fragility to encaustic yes. in, the, in the heat. Yeah. 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 Anyway, anyway, it that it was that sort of experience. It didn't. It ended up getting there, but mm-hmm. the bubble pad was all made little dents in the. Oh, it did. Oh, yeah. In, in the, uh, in the surface. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that was sort of like the turning point because then I thought, ah, uh, you know, this is just too wor- worrisome. Uh-huh. So um, I moved back into oil and right. then discovered cold wax medium. Yes. So, um, uh, and now your current work would be in mostly in cold wax medium and oil, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. All in cold wax. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and you as well as your your um, transition in in uh, media, you've made an interesting transition in terms of uh, what you paint. Yeah. In the time that I've known you, because when we first met, you your main body of work was uh, not not representational in the sense of a realistic. Uh, kind of a space space illusion of an object sitting in an ordinary setting, but they were dealing with uh, kind of iconic objects that were had a sense of illumination, very beautiful dark backgrounds, and then these. I don't know, what were some of the images you used? I know like vessels and yeah, vessels I used a lot. Like they were like bowls that were illuminated. Yeah, and um, canoes, canoes and flowers as and well. water Peonies. lilies actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so these were stunning. They were, I mean, amazing paintings, beautiful, and Thank they you. had a sense of um, uh, there was sort of some patterning in there as well on the object, and and you were very successful with these, right? Like, I tell was. us a little bit about the the glory days of your representational work. So when I graduated from art school, um, I was taking my one of my paintings in to get framed. Uh, and the gallery owner said it was the the city where I lived in Oakville, Ontario. And um, and she said, "Are you represented by a gallery?" And I said, "No, I wasn't." And so she said, "Well, we could represent you." And that was just <laughs> That's a nice story just, of how to get into a gallery. <laughs> it was easy, actually. I found it so easy with yeah. with, and I thought this would be the way it was for the rest oh, of my right, life. Right. <laughs> and she, um, so I had a show of these vessel pieces and. Uh, it totally sold out. And every show I had, I'm, I would sell like of 24 pieces in the show, I would sell 20 in opening day. It's, it's an amazing story. And then, and then one gallery after another, uh, uh, a friend helped me find a gallery in Toronto. And then because of that gallery, um, I found a gallery in Edmonton and Whistler. And it yeah. was like I was represented of uh, Montreal. I, found, I was represented across Canada. Was And how long did that phase go on? Until <laughs> maybe 2008 or nine. But starting from when? Uh, from 1998. Okay. So you had a good run. I had this a work. very successful run. I, I actually assumed that artists sold 20 out of 24 <laughs> paintings every every opening night. Like of course I just, they do. <laughs> I just, that's just, I came to just believe that's the way it was. So, something, something in you drew you to abstraction, and and I can see in that older work, that, that which, what was really lovely about those paintings was a sense of illumination and light, and that they also had this kind of um, a, a symbolism. They had some yeah. uh, personal. They felt personal and meaningful, yeah. you know, when you saw this image. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what what led you into more of an abstract desire to do abstraction? Because we met early on at a workshop that I was giving that was for oil and cold wax and emphasized abstraction. Mm-hmm. And I, had you done any at that point, or no. was that no? Okay. Um, what led me into abstraction? I honestly don't know that I know. I, I think I got. Uh, I know that I, my heart was going out of representational work, and I can't sort of say why. I'm kind of led by um, my intuition, and yeah. I, um, I found I was becoming less interested in doing 
uh, images of representation, represent or iconic or symbolic mm-hmm. images. I just decided I, I wanted to be to speak um, without an image. I see. So the image was sort of a. I mean, a symbolic image is a sort of a step between you and your audience, really, yeah. the viewer. And uh, instead, you maybe wanted to speak more directly. I did about my emotions, about light, about you know what I was wanting to convey without mm-hmm. uh, having an image to hang it on in a way. Right. So, at that point, did you stop? painting the these other images just dead no i moved to like over the course of maybe about a year or so i so i I guess i I went to santa fe i guess that's a a fairly important piece of it because i was trying to find representation for my representational work i see and um i went to many uh many many galleries in santa fe over the course of a few days and um, I found I was only interested in looking at abstraction, at oh. abstract paintings. I only was interested. I didn't even look at yeah. representational work. It that just held, held no no attraction for me anymore. And you paid attention to that. I mean, that that's kind of an intuitive yeah. awareness that this is where you're going. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was w- where I was being led in a way because... Mm. I didn't. It certainly wasn't anything conscious. It was just yeah. very much. I was just following my interest. It's, and it's amazing how that happens. I think when you, when you are uh, aware of your own inner workings and your process, and you pay attention and you yeah. say, "This is happening," and I'm going to give into it. Yeah. You know. I mean, the, uh, like you said, you're sort of led into it, and you really can't argue with it if you're going to be authentic in what you do. So, Exactly. I couldn't anymore feel honest about doing representational work. That oh. just sort of wasn't where my heart was. When I was doing representational work, I loved it. I loved course, painting yeah. flowers and canoes and vessels yeah. and water lilies. And I loved that work. But then, but then it left. Like it was mm-hmm. sort of like it was going out of my... Right. And I, I think it's good that you... That you did love it, and you didn't, you didn't like just become angry or disgusted with yourself for doing it, or even no. go through that kind of phase of, I hate this, which some people no. do. Yeah. So, but it was just a. But posi- you can tell that though when when they do, mm-hmm. you can see it in the work when uh, they do. Well, you have to be authentic about your work, yeah. or something's missing. True enough, and I think you know that it was a positive and growing transition rather than a. You know, I hate this. Although, you know, whatever it takes, people do change. And your work changed dramatically over that fairly short period of time, say a year of um, starting to... Well, you 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 love to talk about play, I know. Like playing with materials, playing with ideas, play in the, play in the very best sense of the word. Play as children do it to learn things and be unafraid of trying things so i um took uh, your water your cold wax course in march of i don't know whether it was 2009 or 2010 i think yeah and um um but when i got your list of materials which i think was the december before i'd gone to santa fe in november and i saw rebecca's work in darnell gallery and then contacted you yes and then uh, we were in touch after that. Actually, we never lost touch after that. We never did. No. no, we just hit it off. I know, I know, just by email. <laughs> we we haven't stopped laughing and talking since March of 2010. I don't think. <laughs> it's true, true. So um, I went to 
Wisconsin and took your yeah it was it was Wisconsin. in Wisconsin yeah I took your your workshop but when I got your materials list I went out and bought all the materials right away and I started to work with it with gold wax and oil at home before I even took your workshop right, yeah and I was painting flowers at that time and so I found a way of uh, of adding well of, of, of texturing the panels and then wiping away like I had done oh, before right. with oil paint uh-huh. but this now I was thickening it with gold wax medium and I was still pulling away <clears throat> and so I worked with I worked with this and even when after I went to your workshop I came home and did a I had a yeah. show actually of this work that yeah. and it was it was in a, a slideshows I show in my workshops I I show the transition of how <clears throat> the flowers basically just fell off the bottom right. of the <laughs> They were they were front and center actually in the earlier paintings, and then they just kind of they went fell low, off the. They went lower and lower, went on, lower, the, lower on the picture, lower. <laughs> the picture plane, and they ended up just, and that was it. Then we're I, leaving now. We're leaving now, and I I ended up then just not going, not ever doing them again. They just kind of found their way off story. the panel, and um, I ended up not ever doing them again. But then I really, uh, I went through a period of a very. Strange period that summer. I had a, I think I had a show coming up that following fall. But absolutely, I mean, they the gallery had been showing my representational work, and then all of a sudden, I'm doing abstraction, like yeah, like, and a who is non-objective this? work. Who is this woman? <laughs> we thought we knew her. <laughs> yeah. So, so I um I um spent the entire summer, like from well, spring, summer, fall, basically, um, doing. Um, like I, I locked myself in the studio, basically. I, I was working 12 to 15 hour days every day of the week. Yeah. Trying wow. to find my way. I don't know where I got that energy from. It was really, because I, I can't seem to work that long now. No. But I was really working long, long days every yeah. day. Wow. Trying to find my way in non-objective painting. Yes. And it was... Just, uh, I found it just a struggle, but I was determined. Yes. And I don't know where that determination came from either. I was just determined that this was going to be the path that I walked. And you you had some, I mean, I remember that time and there were some good paintings in there. It wasn't like you did before too long. You You were doing some, you know, interesting work and good compositions and shapes and all that. I mean, it was, it, it wasn't that you were totally floundering. You had a lot of good instincts about what to do. Oh, but I, know I that felt like I was floundering, I have to tell you. That even, you know, if I look back now at some of that work, yeah. I can I, I can like it. Right. But really, I didn't like you it. Were on, from the inside, you were really struggling with it. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, like there was some, you know, I always looked at your work and thought, oh, yeah, you know, you're coming along. This is good. And uh, but But you weren't satisfied. No. And that's another... It's a key thing. You yeah. know, you keep at it and you kept at it very hard. And then um, at some point emerged these uh, beautiful, luminous, very luminous color field paintings in which there was sort of a cloud of, uh, they were monochromatic basically, but a, a cloud of light kind of coming through. And I will put some of these images on um, the Messy Studio Facebook page if because you, you need to see these if you're listening to this. So tell us about how that, came about or was that I had I know it had to do with the materials you were using well it was a quite a long transition till I got to that stage yes I mean it was I I went through a lot of different 
styles, I might say. I did, yeah. And some of them I cut back and put lines in, you know, dug lines into, and others I used odorless mineral spirits and made line. And mm-hmm. it, I really struggled. I yeah. mean, I can say that I really yeah. struggled yeah. to find a, a way of For painting. several years. For several years I and, did, yeah. And when then when did you start with the work that became successful the gathering, in the more the recent gathering light series it was um so i had uh, gone to um i'd gone to well we had been at a uh, residency in ireland and i'd been to ireland before that and scotland and um very influenced by the stone circles and the yes. passage graves and the the fact that the passage graves and stone circles are oriented toward light. Oh. And my work has always been, I mean, the, the, the thread that runs through it right from the yes. beginning has been light. Yes. W- w- whether I did watercolor or oil or cold wax or encaustic, it was always about and light. The, and the imagery of those, when you're using the symbolic images, they were always had the sense of glowing light. And so I, um, I, I was having a show that year in a in a public gallery in uh, Ontario, and um, the show was going to be in the winter, January, February, March. And so I had the idea that this work would be well. First of all, though, I should go backwards because there was a show I had the year before that that was uh, to do with um, this sort of light. And it was um, based on the illness of a friend of mine, actually. It came, it evolved out of that mm-hmm. um, concern for her. She she, she had, uh, she became very ill with a brain tumor and uh, very suddenly and, and uh, very ill. And um, she, uh, her illness, so it became, it came so suddenly on her and to a dear friend of mine. And, and um, she, uh, that it just really influenced my sure. work. Her passage through, like she's still alive and yeah. and and healthy, and uh, but she, the the very suddenness and severity of her illness really affected me. Mm-hmm. And I ended up doing some uh, paintings that were to do with the colors of the chakra system in in the body. So red, orange, yellow, green, blue. The chakras, uh, just say one The energy centers energy of centers the body, the body. Okay. in yeah. uh, Buddhism and Hinduism. Okay. And so I um, uh, I did a series of seven paint, large paintings that were sort of like life-size. Yeah. And they were um, one color. Each one was a solid color. And then out of that, uh, I, I ended up having a, a show the following year or two years after that. And it was called Gathering Light, and that was the show about, um, to do with the light that I had, you know, the the, the reference to light that I had um, witnessed, basically, you might say, in uh, Scotland, to, uh-huh. in, uh, in Ireland and England, to do with the passage graves and the stone circles that are, like I said, oriented toward the light. And um, here I was having a show in January, February, March, and I called the show Gathering Light as though I was gathering light in these circles and oh, passages. From the dark time of year. Yeah, yeah, to share it in the dark time of year. Mm-hmm. So um, um, it became, th- then it became more like a floating, uh, some kind of shape, some very big amorphous shapes on a color on ground. But it was still mainly. A monochromatic, mm-hmm. mainly as still one solid color, mm-hmm. but not to do with the chakras, just basically. Yeah. 
And so you, I remember asking you once, uh, because I know you have a conceptual bent on things, and we can hear that just in your description of where these ideas come from. And um, I was surprised, I'd ask you about these uh, paintings that are very, very soft veils of color, etc. And I sort of assumed that the idea had come first. And you said, actually, it grew out of working with a very a soft foam brayer and realizing you could make these really quiet transitions of color. And it grew from actually playing again with materials. And I, I just find that really interesting that we go back and forth as artists between our concept, our ideas, and our physical engagement with the materials, the form of the painting. And successful painting evolves from a, an alignment of that, of the form that you're using, the physical way of doing it, and idea. And so I, I always find that work, that series of yours, just a very nice um, example of that, how that Do You works. know, I find actually that my ideas come after I start the series. So they come through mm -hmm. play. Right. And um, uh, just sort of intuitively yeah. playing. And then after I have done a few paintings, you start to see I look it. and say, what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> Though the painting is my teacher. And sometimes it seems like you also start more conceptually though right I mean no actually I don't you don't have I, an idea I, to begin with no I don't and and I just let the I let the piece direct me uh -huh. and once I have started then I sit down and say okay what are you trying to teach me kind of thing <laughs> what do you want yeah. what is happening here yeah and so then that and I find that the it's more powerful a lesson if I don't have an idea going in. Mm -hmm. I mean, people work in all different ways. That they just do, happens to be do. the way I work. Yeah, and I think, but what you end up with is because you listen to your materials and you pay attention yeah. and you have, you have a personal voice in terms of concept and idea. I mean, you have certain things you're interested in. I do. And I know, and so then they come together. And I think something we both as instructors, uh, we both teach workshops is... You know, we're always trying to help people find their own voice. Where does that voice come from? You know, where does it, um, where do these ideas come from out of your life? And, and so on. And everyone has them. And yeah. it's just, it is really tuning into what what they are and what, what where the personal meaning is. And it's a big process. But um, so that work, uh, are you still involved in those bigger paintings or or not at the moment no they've uh, they've I, they seem to be uh, i'm not sure like yeah. i don't know yet i'm not it's not i still have energy for them but mm -hmm. i don't know sort of so what's happened is i've gone to um i've gone to iceland in the past couple of years yes. to do artist residencies there and um um well, it was actually the residency we did in Sweden that started off the kind of work I'm doing now. I was wondering about how that light there affected yeah. your work because we, so a little background, Jan, Jan and I were at Ricklingarden Artist Residency in northern Sweden, and that was in uh, the spring of 2015. Yeah. And it was a place, uh, you know, up, up near the Arctic Circle. And yeah. so the, it was very light all the time, all yeah. night, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the beautiful, it was still snow on the ground. There was a, a lot of beautiful reflected light. It was an amazing, it was amazing, amazing visual experience, yeah. 
Yeah. The space, the 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 size of the landscape that you could see it, it from the else. studio window. Oh. The mountain across the lake. It was Yeah, we were every day just kind of blown away by what we were looking at. So um so it would, it would have to affect your work. I mean, no it way did. it wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> and so then my work became, I, because I was working small on uh, multimedia artboard, 12 inches by 12 inches. Is That's the what I brought along because it fit in my suitcase. <laughs> and uh, uh, it, but it became um, more about, how do I describe it? Like more kind of gestural pieces, more yes. like layers of... Uh, Mark making. Bands of mm-hmm. color kind of that were centered in the piece because it didn't want to go to the edges. That wanted to be like so that there'd be space around, like the kind ah. of like example of the space I was in. That's a nice connection. Yeah, I I, I remember you saying they don't want to go to the edge when we were there. And no, I tried to make them go yeah. to the edge and they just like, no, yeah, no, so no. But they but the edge of the marks become very important. So yes. it's not like they're just vignetted in a circle or something. No. The edges of the shapes and lines as they approach the edge of the paper is important. There's a there's a shape within a shape, shapes within yeah. shapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and you're still working with that idea. I know that. Yeah, I am. So then in 2016, I had a, got an artist residency in uh, the Bayer Art Center in Northern uh, Iceland. And uh, which was uh, just an incredible experience as well. And the same sort of enormous landscape. Yeah. Like you, there's little few trees there in Iceland. And so you have this never ending landscape. You can see a storm coming up the fjord (laughs) way before it reaches you. Um, You know, it was just a very um, powerful, powerful landscape. And I kept doing the, I started then in Iceland to do, it's sort of reminiscent of the gestural pieces I was doing in Sweden, but sort of more open, I mm-hmm. guess you'd say. And um, uh, and I kind of kept playing with that idea over and over again, till I made kind of like a whole series of pieces that were... And your your current work, to me, which is very recent, is there are aspects of the color field paintings as well as these more gestural pieces. And it's a really interesting combination. We'll put up a few pictures of those as well. So you can see it's a, it's to me, it's an example of how uh, we cycle back to some old ideas sometimes and they're, they're still alive for us. And I think it's, it's also a function of when we do continue to be engaged in our work and to love our work, we move on. But sometimes looking back, there are things that we want to pick up that thread again, even unconsciously, exactly. you know, which is often unconscious, really. Yeah, exactly. You look at it later and you say, oh, this is... Oh, my gosh, this relates. Yeah, I'm bringing <laughs> this whole thing back again. And, and there's a continuity to yeah. it over the years. Um, so I think I'd, I'd like to wrap up the session with talking a little bit about something you've been experiencing the last two years. Of, um, Three years. Tell us about what's been going on with you. Oh, uh, So I've had, yeah, I've had... Uh, I've had a couple of health issues. Um, one ha- thing that happened uh, two years ago was that I um, had a torn retina, which m- m- required surgery and strange, uh, strange kind of a healing process where you have to put your head down and sit up and put your head down. And sit. <laughs> yeah, I remember and, that. <laughs> yeah, and then I had. Um, 
And then I started to develop knee issues in uh, in Sweden, actually, uh, earlier than that, but uh-huh. it was bothering me in Sweden. And um, so for the past... Uh, for the past two years, really, I've hardly been able to paint because of the pain in my knees. Because I normally would stand when I painted. And yeah. even when I tried to sit and paint, I was very, I was really unable to paint. I could, I still taught workshops. Yeah. So I could do that, but um, it's sort of restricted in that I had to keep sitting down during the workshop. Yeah. And, and pain, chronic pain is very distracting and, you know, it's hard to power through it and you know, especially in your knees, which you use all the time when you're working. And, you know, we, we walk back and forth to our to where we're, our painting is. We get some distance on it. We come back up. You know, yeah. it's, it, when you, especially when you work a little bit larger, it's hard to yeah. sit and paint. Yeah. Um, and so I, so I had eventually this last year, I had uh, both my knees replaced. And, and I just came out of that healing in August yeah. of this year. 2018. So for that entire time, you were teaching workshops, but you really were not painting. I really wasn't painting much. I just couldn't. This it was, was very painful to do. And I didn't actually want my paintings to be filled with pain. <laughs> right, right. You wanted <laughs> you know, to get that back. That wasn't my purpose. That's not my purpose. You wanted to get back to where you were yeah. emotionally. And, yeah. and your, your work overall has a, a beauty, a calmness, a meditative quality that, yeah, I could see. Yeah. You, you need to be in that place to make that work. That's right. I yeah. do need to be in that place yeah. to make that work, and I wasn't able to. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, you know, without really knowing it, I was giving up painting, and uh, for two years I did really. And so um, now that my knees are healed and I'm getting, I have my energy back. Uh, I have full base. By the way, full appreciation for anybody that has chronic pain yeah it is just absolutely debilitating your work your life constricts yes and in ways that you don't realize you're doing but it constricts and Mm -hmm. so then to have them healed and um i can go back into my life again and it's really just a joyful yeah a joyful experience so then after that i did a uh, i taught a workshop this this fall in uh, iceland and then stayed on for another two weeks for a residency and that's what this work came out of is this current work this current work where i'm where i did the gestural pieces i carried forward the gestural pieces that i had done the previous year i I carried forward that idea into sort of morphed and changed and then when i came home i started to put it together Mm -hmm. with color field but and you you know we were talking this morning and you said it was it was was scary for a while to not really have ideas or motivation that you know that was that was hard to go through I'm sure I actually thought that I probably I would just be retiring I didn't know that I would come back to painting because normally like I have an idea in my head of we were talking earlier the the idea that uh, you know I, I get an idea or like it's like a vision inside my head where I have an idea of where uh uh a body of work is going to go. Uh, maybe it's not like I get an idea for every painting like Agnes Martin did. Right. She would, she, in her, one of her films, she talks about how she would get an idea for a painting, like exactly right to the measurement. And then she would measure and do it. 
And then she would sit and wait for the next vision. Yeah. And so it doesn't happen to me like that, but it no. does come as a picture in my head. Uh-huh. And it, 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 it's sort of like that's an idea for a series kind of thing. Yeah. Where, but I don't get it really clearly. I just kind of get a little... But does that idea, we were talking earlier, does that idea emerge out of some activity in the studio, some play that you've begun, and then you get this idea or vision to follow... So that if you're not doing that preliminary playing and fooling around with materials, you're not generating that that's idea. That's true. It's true. That's yeah. true. You need yeah. to be. You need. You need to work and play, and the idea. Then the idea come. The yeah. ideas come. Yeah. So that they're connected. And I. But I also think it was almost like I was just being given a reprieve from, from painting and teaching and such when I was going through the healing process mm-hmm. with my knees this past year. I wasn't getting ideas, and that's why I thought, uh, you know, ah, uh, it's all mm-hmm. washed up. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to just retire. Like, I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, in my heart, I didn't want to. No, but, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I thought, it? well, I'm not getting any ideas for yeah. how my work can move forward. And yeah, or or you mentioned energy, like you just. Uh, the energy the wasn't there. You didn't. Yeah. It was a push to get in there and do yeah. stuff. You're back on track now. Obviously, yeah. that's yeah. great. Yeah. And um, so, I don't know. Do you have any advice for people that uh, you know go through these times when they just it just falls apart somehow? Well, I mean, I'm not. I'm sure it's not necessarily available to everybody. But to get away is was the was a great thing for me to do. To go to Iceland mm-hmm. and and go to the residency and have the opportunity of. Like starting fresh in right. a different place. And maybe if you couldn't travel or that wasn't, like you say, available to everyone, maybe even just getting away in some other manner. Getting away or or else just spending time in the studio, just trying to sort of go in there and sit in yeah. the studio and, and you... then go in there and play and just, you know, tidy up stuff Yeah, and just sort of play give yourself the time that you're not requiring yourself to do anything and i think very often when people face blocks the the common advice is just keep going just keep painting but i i wonder though if it just doesn't lead to such um despair sometimes when nothing is happening and that sometimes actually taking a break is not a bad thing. I mean, everyone needs a break from their job, whatever it is, and that maybe this allows things to incubate or settle into your brain somehow, as long as you don't get discouraged with that. I mean, give yourself the time to do it and say, this is okay. I'm going to take some time off. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe that, I think there's that unknown of not knowing if it's going to end or not. I know. And that's exactly what people have said to me when I've offered this (laughs) advice. Yeah. It's It's scary. It's scary because you don't know if it's going to end. It's like doing a painting in a way, really. You don't know how it's going to go. You don't know if it's going to end. You don't know when it's going to end or when it is finished. It's like going into the unknown every time you paint. But if you, let's say you said, I'm going to take two weeks off or something, you know, maybe if it had an end point and you'd tell yourself that after two weeks I am going to try to, you know, get back in. I don't know. It's it's always seemed to me that once once you're in a state of frustration that you kind of need to back off a little bit and, and just... 
I honestly can't offer a a clear example, a clear, um, because really it's not clear. People are different, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, and not only that, the process is is different for me. Like, I didn't know whether I needed to make myself get in there or whether I I would trust that it would my energy would come back. Yeah. So it was like a, a, a combination of the two things that I yeah. I would try to make myself go into the studio and to play and to clean up. But but still the energy wasn't there yeah. at the beginning. And so, I, 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 you know, I would go and work for an hour and a half or two hours or an hour. Yeah. And so it was trying to get myself back trying to sort of pull the energy back in but then there's the trust that it yeah. will come yeah it's and a it's a difficult problem it's a I, really difficult and process. i mean you're right there is no there is no advice or answer that no. works for everyone for sure i guess the best you can do is try to again try to listen to yourself and what you know if you really feel like just walking away from it for a while maybe you do it and, and as you say try to trust that it'll come back if it's meant to be and but it, it's hard. It, that's an aspect of the creative process that is, you know, it, it's it's a great difficulty at times for people. And we don't, I don't think there is an answer. And we, people worry about it and talk about it. And um, so, but, but I think you're, you know, you're an inspiring story because you did go through this dark time and, and now you're back at it. And it, you, you allowed the events in your life to kind of guide you back into it and and come back finally too and and just allow the energy to come back Mm -hmm. it's kind of like slowly as it left when when i started to have pain so it's so it's coming back and it's it's, you know and it sort of came back much more in in iceland when i you know i did the residency there and taught the workshop there and then uh just but it's just kind of still coming back to full energy Uh Yeah. And I think that it takes time to come back as it well, maybe took the to bottom, go away. Maybe the bottom line is you can't really push it. I no, mean, you, I don't think you can push it. I yeah. mean, you can try to go in and work. And I've given that advice to students that I'm yeah. working with is to mm-hmm. is to go back to go and sit there and right just and be in the just place. be in the studio. But it doesn't necessarily still bring it back. So no. you have to. You have to allow that it will come when it's and trust yeah. that it will come, and that's a big thing to trust that it will come. It is, and you know that it's a title of a book, "Trust the Process," um, by Sean McNiff, which I often recommend uh, to my students because really it's so basic in in the entire creative process to kind of trust where it's going. What there's so many aspects of that, which could be another whole podcast. But, yeah. Um, I think um, I think we'll wrap this one up. But thank you um, very much, Jan, for sharing thank your you. story and uh, and all your um, experiences. So thank you very much. Lovely to be with you. Well, that about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. Make sure to check out www.coldwaxbook.com and www.rebeccacroll.com and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. On today's Messy Bulletin Board, artist Lisa Pressman is offering virtual studio visits. 
This mentoring program provides a personal, in-depth response to artists in their studio. Artists can engage at their own pace with a custom-tailored curriculum based on their particular experience and needs. All of Lisa's teaching concentrates on content, creativity, art making, and of course, technique, with an emphasis on helping students to discover their unique marks and concepts. Her specialty is focusing on each individual's needs, visual editing, and critique. Learn more at www.lisapressman.net slash advisory dash services. Also on the Messy Bulletin, paint in rural Ireland in the rugged landscape of North Mayo. Work in Ideal Studios, access a library of over 600 works of contemporary art, and an exhibition gallery, which can be used for lectures, critiques, and projections. Classes are taught by internationally recognized Ballin Glen Fellows, whose local intimate knowledge takes you on an exploration of this beautiful and mystical country. Tuition includes food and accommodations, with a private bathroom. Full details on the website, www.ballonglenworkshops.com. Also on the Messy Bulletin, one of our most popular episodes to date, number four, featured Irish artist Joanna Kidney. The passion and dedication she expressed for her work in that interview drew in many listeners. Tragically, her entire studio was destroyed by fire a few weeks ago. There is a GoFundMe page to support rebuilding her studio linked on the Messy Studio Facebook page. Please give whatever you can. Everything helps. This link and all the other links will be included in the description of this episode and on the Messy Studio Facebook page. If you would like your own bulletin posted, please contact us through the Messy Studio Facebook page. We do charge a small fee based on average number of downloads per episode. Currently, it's about $10. And while the show is growing, this is a great opportunity. These early shows will continue to be downloaded well into the future and will generate ongoing traffic to your website. Thanks for listening. We will be back again next week with more art and entertainment with a bit of sound advice. In the meantime, embrace your own creative space, messy or otherwise. Thank you. Thank you.